Hey, everybody. I am Peter, and I am not your failure, Michael. You didn't kill Peter. I did. It's dark. Yeah, I didn't think of an intro, but I just made that one up. It It was a good spitball. Thank you. We are here to continue, I guess, finish our conversation yeah. on Obi-Wan Kenobi, the six-part miniseries. If you didn't hear our chat about episodes one through three, it's in the feed if you want it. But we are going to wow. talk about episodes four through six. Four through six. Yeah. How does you that know, sound? That sounds great. You know what's funny is I've not heard any commentary on this show. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not really a part of social media. Um, I don't know what people think about it. So I'm interested to hear. I'm interested to talk. And I'm excited to chat a little bit. I think that is a good place to be. Because I have heard what people think about it. And I think they can shut up. Even if people agree with me. I'm like, you know, I've gotten to this point. And maybe we talked about this a little bit. Where I'm just... What is what are we doing talking about Star Star Wars? We've been really introspective about this a lot. And it's like there's a lot of people who I agree with and a lot of people I disagree with. And I'm I'm starting to get a little equally tired of both of their opinions. Mm. So here's my opinion. Yeah. But I think that it's going into it fresh like that. I'm really excited for that. Um, and I'm really excited to hear what you think. I don't know if you want to start high level, but I am kind of interested in getting your top level headline because this is something you were very, very excited for, Mike. You're Mm -hmm. a huge Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. And for a very long time, this is the series you were kind of circling on your calendar. Yeah. And I think you had a lot invested in it that way. I would love to hear how it worked for you. Hmm. How did it work? It's just not, it's not simple. It's not a simple, it's not a simple work. Uh, Few things are. Few things are simple. It's overall, I'm like, if I was going to rotten tomatoes, this, I would be like 75. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And the things I liked, I, I liked a lot. And there were, there were pieces similar to, Boba Fett that mm. just felt out of place for me, or I just didn't want to know about. <laughs> um, there were things I didn't want to know, and there were things I was so excited for. And I, I think holistically, as the show sits within the canon, minus Leia, like minus Leia and Luke, maybe a little bit, it, it sits well. Um, mm, but then I, then, and I think that's my big thing. Take out Luke and Leia and Ben's involvement with them. And I think the show works really, really nicely within the star Wars canon. Add Luke and Leia back in and what they brought to the show. And it muddies it a little bit. And I'm talking about Ben's direct interactions with Luke and Leia. Mm. Um, not with Owen or Baru or anything. Um, so we can unpack that, but that's my high level thought. Absolutely. Um, I would really feel? like to hear more about that. But yeah, I will say bringing up the Boba Fett comparison is probably fair. I think this worked so much better than Boba Fett for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, it suffers a little bit from the Boba Fett 
thing because if you if you listen to our one through three, I think we were glowing about the series. You know, yeah. very little notes. We were scraping to try to find notes for this. And it had a lot of promise. And then in execution of the last half of the story, I found myself yeah. a little more side-eyed. A little, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. trying to be nitpicky. The thing that works with any story, any story you love, plot holes can be poked in it, especially original Star Wars. So many plot holes in episodes yeah. four through six. But if it connects emotionally, they can be overlooked. And I think that's a little bit of what I'm feeling is there's some plot holes. The the Leia Luke stuff didn't bug me as much. I know some people have some questions about that. I'd love to hear what your feeling was. There were just some, you know, some things that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way because it felt like sloppy or lazy writing, which is, I hate saying stuff like that. I don't mean it like that. Because creating something like this is so much harder than it. I mean, it's it's a miracle that it came out how it came out. And so I'm not saying that. I think the question I kept asking with Boba Fett is, okay, if we're going back to this story, why are we telling this story? Yeah, why? What what needed to be said about this? And in the first three episodes, there were some really great things thematically. And I think there are some really great things thematically in this episode as well, or in these three episodes as well. But the execution of how that theme was presented was maybe a little less successful to my mind, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And we can get into into specifics. Um, But let's start with some specifics. What about the Luke and Leia kind of rubbed you the wrong way what ruffled your feathers um yeah i you know i I agree with you you can put plot holes in anything but you know how it seems it it seems like what we know of luke's relationship with ben before a new hope was like one line of like you mean that old hermit or like out Mm -hmm. on the dunes like it like what did he call him was that what he called him? Old Hermit? Yeah, well, something like was, that. Like crazy old man or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Um, and it just doesn't feel like... It feels like what we... I wish we would have seen that. Um, mm-hmm. And not like... Oh, you know, him being like pretty kind to Luke and Luke seeming like... Like it seemed like an interaction he would remember. Um, and that did bug me a little bit. And and overall, the Leia seems like she would really remember this traumatic thing in her life. Like, and yeah, maybe she's just you know referencing her dad. You know, it was just like a yeah. I get it. You can we can explain it away all the way around. Yeah, but um, it just seemed like there were other there were other vehicles they could have used to basically the show was how Obi-Wan got his groove back. Like that's, <laughs> that's what totally. this show was in a nutshell, which is cool. And I actually, I, I really loved it. I loved that whole thing of like, and it makes sense to me still of like, he is freaked out. He's alone. He's scared. He's, he almost is divorced from the force. And like, uh, I, that all works, but I think the Luke and Leia element just, you, you take them out and the show is just as good in my opinion. 
and it's probably better. So I just don't know what the need for I I I get under sorry last last round. I know yeah. what the need was. They said we need to find a reason for Obi-Wan to come out of hiding and it needs to be darn compelling. It needs to be so compelling he he's almost forced out of mm-hmm. it. But I think there are so many more ways that you could when we could sit here and riff on what that could be. So many more ways than okay, lay it Leia Organa gets captured. <laughs> like the universe again, it's just a, it's an element that makes the universe too small for me. Um, yeah, I think that's my gripe. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, and you you mentioned it. We can retcon. I can v- give you explanations why canonically it makes sense that like you know Leia said what she said when it's like help help me Obi Wan Kenobi. You served my father in the Clone War. It's like you know, that can be retconned, the Luke stuff, not remembering him. That could all be retconned. Like, there's ways yeah. to explain that, but I'm less interested in that. Like, first, yeah. I am not in the business of convincing people to like things. And it's it's not like, if that didn't work for you, I'm not going to be like, well, canonically, this is the reason why it connects and works and blah, 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 blah. I'm just, I don't think that that's something I'm interested in or maybe even useful if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. And I think it goes back to what I was saying about if it didn't emotionally connect, then the plot hole is much more glaring, right? Yeah. I had less of a problem with those things. And I generally had less of a problem with the Leia stuff, especially. Uh, We talked about this, the, you know, cute precocious kid being a plot device is getting real old. Yeah. It's getting real boring. for Star Wars. Other than that, there's some, you know, questionable things that they, that they did, but it overall worked for me, right? Yeah. The Luke thing is an interesting one. The Luke one was hard for me. I still loved Reva as a character. I thought she was played oh, so, great. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a know, very yeah. interesting thematic. I know what they were going for. Execution made no sense to me, especially in the last episode. That last episode ruined her character for me, and not her character. You know, it did. It ruined her character because her motivations felt so unearned, and her redemption. Unpack redemption. Unpack the motivations part. I want to know more about what you mean by that. In a nutshell, I'm going to be reductive. Mm -hmm. She is. She hates the Jedi because she felt abandoned by them after Order 66. She felt like they didn't protect her, Mm -hmm. the younglings, well, and she's carried that kind of... She's carried that with her. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. Is that that, that point... Well, I guess we need to disagree or agree. No, I agree with that completely. I think there's a secondary one that's probably a stronger motivation is her hate for Vader and Anakin specifically. I think she's mad at Obi-Wan, but I did like that reveal when we were asking kind of what's her end end game? What's she going for when he didn't know? The fact that she's doing all of this to get close to Vader to try to kill Vader as revenge yeah. That I thought was very that interesting. was great Shakespearean to me. That was that was beautiful, but you don't need two things. You don't need she both hates Obi Wan. She didn't hate Obi Wan first of all. Yeah, Obi Wan was the device 
to get to Vader, right? Yep. That's why she was obsessed with him. But, mm-hmm. but she also was like pure evil, like pretty darn brutal. And like her ways to get to, to Vader through Obi-Wan, there was no, like there was no hints of that throughout, throughout the, the show. She, it, she just seems reckless. Um, and the, the, I don't know. Uh, the whole thing of like going after Luke and the end, that to me ruined it. Of like, ooh, so you messed up and now you're just mad? Well, I think yeah. her in her mind, she was going to capture Luke and be like, hey, Vader, I have your son that you didn't know existed. So come here and fight me again, or like I'll kill your son to get revenge or something like that. That was, yeah, I, I guess. Or was she just going to ki- was she just going to kill him? I guess it was unclear to me, and that's where it was kind of falling apart. Of like, yeah, what's the thing here? Because mm-hmm. it felt like her character was done. It, it felt like, do you know how like the my I love Game of Thrones, and my big issue with the ending, I think everyone's issue or a lot of people's issue with the ending is um they they killed the what the night queen night king is that the night king yeah. ice guy ice guy he dies so early and I like so ice guy ice guy ice guy <laughs> dies so early but he was the big bad of it all and the main motivation and like the thing under the plot and when he died the story ended but the story didn't end like it, it continues on and it just feels like when she's basically left for dead by Vader, the story kind of ends for her. And I wish she would have just like, I wish they would have more elegantly ended her story, but like her getting one last try and then has this moment of epiphany that like, I'm, I am doing the wrong thing. Like it just, I, the, it, it, there was just no clues. There's no breadcrumbs for that. And it just felt, it just felt sloppy. It just felt sloppy to me. Yeah. I, I will respectfully disagree up to that point. Once she gets, first of all, I thought the duel between her and Vader was awesome. Really creative dueling. Very cool set piece. I thought the whole cat and mouse like you know you're not after me you're after him i'm just the bait to get to vader that whole thing was a cool reveal and really worked for me yeah and i mean you know her her strategy of just like slowly sneaking up when he's like totally not distracted and then just trying to lightsaber him maybe not strategically the best thing but you yeah. know whatever i thought that was all great and the flashback of seeing Anakin's face when she gets stabbed was very emotionally fulfilling for me. I thought that all worked. And I did like the breadcrumbs. I feel like that would have been a great way to end her story. Yeah. And end I was it ready. There. Yeah, I agree. I think, one, c- come on, Bale. You, that, that message... Of just like, oh, I'm I'm a super secret. We have this secret no one can know about, but there's the kid that Vader can't find, and here's exactly where to find him and who he's exactly staying with. And 
I'm going to go to Tatooine. That whole message was, oh, that, that drove me nuts. That felt so sloppy to me. And the fact that Vader just leaves her, how many people get stabbed in the gut in this series and just keep living? And I know Star Wars has a, you know, spotty track record with mortal wounds from lightsabers, but it just all seemed kind of sloppy and out of character for Vader at that point that he's just going to like leave her. And then she happens to find this magic map to this thing. And then my greater issue with it is whenever you do a prequel and excuse me if I brought this up last time, I may have because I, I I've really had better call Saul on my brain. When you do a prequel series, we know Luke is going to survive. They do that dramatic pan in of like, Oh yeah. my God, they're talking about Luke. There's never a time in my head where I'm like, I wonder if he's going to be okay. Yeah, obviously yeah. He is right. You know, these characters are going to survive. So the question is, how do you execute a satisfying story that doesn't have to do with life and death? And how do these characters grow and change throughout that story in a satisfying way? Yeah. Thematically, what I thought was so cool about Reva's story was that she became Anakin in order to defeat Anakin. Just like how Anakin fell. His fear led him to the dark side and her fear and anger led her to the dark side. Yeah. So she's tearing apart families and seeing families and kids being slaughtered. Just like she said, she's on this righteous quest in her mind to get revenge or justice for what Anakin did to the younglings. Well, she's doing the exact same thing and enabling it. And she's blinded to that because of her fear and anger, just like Anakin fell because he was trying to save Padme. You know, he had noble intentions and it just went too far. Right. That I thought was so interesting. Yeah. And when you watch something like better call Saul, for example, that kind of stuff happens, that character development happens and it doesn't have to be spelled out. I hated the fact that audience is older to be fair. That is fair. But I just hated the fact that it ended with her looking up at Obi-Wan Kenobi and saying literally, I became Anakin, didn't I? I'm just as bad as he is. It's this trope that I hate and I laugh about it with my wife now. It's called the good man trope. It's this thing that edgy, dark, serious shows feel like they have to do where, you know, Don Draper looks up at someone and is like, tell me I'm a good man literally talking it out and spelling it out. And I, it, it kind of just ruined the whole thing for me. Mm. And Fair. if her story would have ended before the Luke stuff, I think that would have been very satisfying for me. If they left that unsaid, that would have been more satisfying to me. It just felt the whole function was just so they could have this speech that she like turned to the good side. And I don't know. I just didn't need it. It didn't, didn't work for me. You didn't need it, but I do think a lot of people in the audience needed it because my wife, who I watched it with, was utterly confused the whole time. And so I think <laughs> there's, I think, I think part of the difference, and I, 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 I love where you're poking at because I think you're poking at great things, but I think the difference with, so like, it's like when I watch Marvel 
shows. I need all of that subtext because mm-hmm. I've not seen the 300 movies they have out. You know what I mean? So I feel like when they say things like that, like I've become Anakin, haven't I? When I'm watching Marvel, I need it because I'm a casual fan. Casual being like, I- I've I've never seen Avengers. I've never I've seen like one Iron Man. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Like I'm. So I'm wondering if they're just indexing on new audience, and we're just not that target audience anymore. And that's kind of what I think about a lot of Star Wars. To be honest, is we are not the market demographic here. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, but I'd be curious if it worked for. or helped anyone. Like I, I just don't know how successful it was for anyone. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that some people thought it it did really yeah. work. I don't think it's. I don't think it's about working or not working. I think. I mean, it didn't work for us. Um, yeah. But I, I think for the creators, I will, I'll try to have some creator empathy. I, I think for them, it was not about working or not working. It was just like. Okay, most people aren't going to get this. We should probably just say this. Um, or like, hey, we've done all this work on the subtext. Like, do we want to just like be subtle here? Or do we just want to, for the new fans, like spell out loud how clever we're being? Um, I don't know. That drives me crazy. That makes me even more crazy. I think you might be right. I think you're probably exactly right. But that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to Better Call Saul. I listen to their podcast where all the writers and stuff talk. And, you know, they there was something kind of subtle like that in the story. And they literally said, we trust our audience. We think they're smart enough that, you know, they'll figure it out if they don't remember exactly how it connects or they'll, you know, they'll look it up or they'll remember it. Like we just trust the audience. And yeah, to go research or to think or to have the show knowledge to carry that. I love that. Yeah. You can't do that in Star Wars. I don't know. You can't do that in a show that has had movies out since 1970. Here, here's uh, what I think, actually. I think plot-wise, I understand what you're saying. If it had something to do with like, oh, well, she was a Padawan and this and blah, 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 and that needs to be spelled out, I think that needs to be... I, I agree. I think when you're talking about character development, I think it doesn't need to be spelled out. We don't need to have the, am I a good man, am I a good woman speech? Because it was spelled out, not as you know, bright of day. I don't know how to say it, but not as, not as clearly when Reva and Obi-Wan are talking about, he's trying to convince her to go after Vader at that moment. And he says, don't let him do what he did to you. And that kind of hits her and sinks with her. That's the first time where she's kind of cracking and thinking, Oh, I've become what I hate. And, like, that's character development. That's not plot. That's not, like, learning about the Infinity Stones and, you know, some esoteric nerd thing that needs to be spelled out. That's just, like, I don't know, like, developing a a character and the fact that it has to be spelled out just in case, you know, the dummies miss it. I think the audience is smart enough to pick up on that without it being literally spelled out, I became Vader, didn't I? Yeah, I, I I just think that's I I, I think yeah yeah Let's, maybe maybe we'll wrap this combo yeah, up. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I don't have to have the last word, but my last thought at least is that I think Star Wars has never been subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a I think that kind of very matter of fact kind of dialogue is tr- is 
reflected in the original trilogy. I don't think we ever see. I don't know. I, I just think it's. I think it's Star Wars. I think it's this genre. I think it's this age group, and I I don't like it, but I understand it. And if I were creating dialogue for the show, would probably have done the same thing. Given that my audience could range from anywhere to eight years old to sixty four. If I'm writing Better Call Saul, I'm assuming that the audience is different. The history is different. There's, it is a show of, you know, it's just, it's a more subtle show. Fair enough. And I do need the last word, but I'll just say, I do think Star Wars has been subtle in other times. They're not always subtle, but especially character development things. There's plenty of times in Rebels where they don't spell out exactly, you know, like, you know, Kanan never turns to him and says, like, hey, I'm really a father figure now that you've lost your fig- your parents, huh? They just show it, you know? They don't show they don't tell. There's a lot of times in that where I do think they did that, you know? Yeah. And so, I and I will just say, I maybe that's part of my dissatisfaction with the TV series lately. I think Star Wars could be better. I, I yeah. would, I, I hope more, I would like more from my science fiction. Yeah. And I think you can do that while still satisfying you know, the young kids and stuff like that. Rebels yeah. is a great example. So yeah, season one of Mandalorian is is the is top tier yeah. storytelling in Star Wars. And I'm seeing a shift away from that. Mm. Um definitely. I, I think Mandalorian w- awoke something and it just got more Star Wars fans. And now I think they've shifted away from this. Maybe we can go indie for a minute. <laughs> um kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, I think we should probably talk about basically the culminating arc of the entire series. How did all the Vader and Obi-Wan stuff work for you? Vader and Obi-Wan stuff worked pretty well for me. Um, Mm -hmm. It was probably the best part. I mean, there, it wasn't perfect, but it was probably my, my favorite moments. I feel okay. So this is one of the, my, my headlines on the show right here. I'm going to go for is I think the entire show I feel like was written for one line from star Wars Mm -hmm. from a new hope and encapsulated in Obi-Wan and Vader's relationship. Do you Mm -hmm. have any inkling of, of what I might be saying that him saying that Anakin Skywalker is dead. Vader killed him. Pretty close. It's pretty much that. And yeah, it's it's a line directly after that that's he's more machine than man now. Ah, uh, yeah. But it's that. It's it's in one the same paragraph. The whole show was written for that and really successful in my opinion because of that. Because I will now when I watch Star Wars, because when you watch Star Wars in the past, this is me. I'm speaking to me only. When I would watch it, that line was always cool, but then you kind of watched the trilogy, you saw the prequels and it didn't feel so true. It's just something about Mm -hmm. it. You never saw this dark Lord of, you know, (laughs) he was just kind of a slow walking Herman Munster. Like it was just, it wasn't there, but this show and the Hayden Christensen moments of him, you know, at the end of screaming at Obi-Wan still and, so clearly, you know, speaking to the, that he had killed, you know, that he had killed Anakin Skywalker, all this stuff. Now, when I watch New Hope, that line rings so true to me. Mm. 
Um, yes. And it's almost like for that moment um, in A New Hope that this show does so well. Um, <laughs> I really think so. Yeah, I lo- I thought this all worked really well. And I was nervous about Vader being pot- put in here. I thought it was going to be a little bit of, you know, Rogue One-ism where it's like, uh, I don't throw him in. People like Vader. Oh, and there I some thought, cool last moments. <laughs> I thought it was... It worked really well. I think the Hayden Christensen parts were so good. Dark, yeah. I would say, I mean, in the last episode, obviously, yeah. the line I kind of referenced, that, I mean, it won't get recognized, but that could go on an Emmy reel. The, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. And yeah. the glee in his eye and the little smile on him He's not saying, well, that, that's interesting. So this is, a, this is a good good show, no, don't tell, right? We know from the arc of the entire series, there is still good in him. We don't know how buried that is right now, right? Yeah. We don't know how much of his toughness is for show. Is he, yeah. is he actively pushing down his goodness in some ways? to try to be the big, bad, dark Sith Lord. There are times where we, I, almost, I almost get a reading of insecurity from him, a reading of self-consciousness about that. And Anakin play, or Hayden Christensen plays that so well. And so it is left unsaid. Is he saying that to Obi-Wan because deep, 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 deep down, he still cares for Obi-Wan and he knows that there's PTSD there. He knows there's trauma and he doesn't want his friend who he loves to feel that way. And so he's kind of letting him off the hook, right? Yeah. Or is he literally saying that because he's gleeful? He has completely turned and he smiles about how strong and badass he is because he killed Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. We don't know. Is it a mix of both? That's some interesting storytelling for me and it's acted so well and it's, it was, I mean, it's, completely ripped off from rebels the way it functionally works. Yeah. I thought that too. I didn't necessarily care about that. I thought it were, it, you know, again, that can be excused because it connected emotionally so well. And so I loved that moment. And I thought Hayden Christensen did, did such a good job with that. Yeah. He did amazing. It's a beautiful moment. It really is. It's, it's the crown jewel of, of the, uh, it's the crown jewel moment mm-hmm. of the, uh, of the entire series. It's, yep. it's wild. I mean, there are others, there are other great moments, yep. but Darth Vader does so much cool stuff. I mean, even, <laughs> you know, and him telling Reva that, you know, he knew all along, yes. you know, youngling. Do you think I didn't know youngling like that? Oh. Even that moment is just like, wow, that's chilling. Yeah. And so I, I think Vader is just wildly successful in this. There are moments when he's, well, actually, I, I guess he's successful kind of the whole way through for me. It was really mm-hmm. interesting, and it was a really it was the most Vader we've seen. It's the most Vader personality we've seen. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan. Um, let's keep talking about Vader. I do want to mention that we're talking about episodes four, five, and six holistically, but it's kind of funny because I remember watching episode five, and it's been a while now. And then, it's been a while. And then thinking, well, that was a waste. Like, I remember that whole episode. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Like, that entire mm-hmm. episode to me, there was like a whole episode that could have gone missing in that show. I I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. 
I mean, there was the episode five was in a lot of ways the lowest point for me. I thought the plot ho- holes were the most glaring because again, they didn't connect with me emotionally. Yeah. Um, there were what I do want to shout out about that episode, and I believe it's the right episode. So excuse me if it's not. Going back to how good Hayden Christensen is, the flashback of their duel. Oh my gosh! To yeah. try to become a Jedi master. And showing his eagerness and getting those hints of the darkness and getting his need to win his compulsions out there in that teaching moment was done so well. I thought it was written well thematically it worked because it paralleled the story that was going on and the way he, that Vader was so hyper-focused on the one ship and he let the other ship go away, which, you know, you can quibble about plot point plot holes there, but you know, whatever. That was a cool moment that really worked for me. Yeah. I, the other thing I liked thematically about it, going back to the Reva thing that you pointed out is it shows that Obi-Wan has the upper hand on Vader. Always. There's never a point in all of star Wars where Obi-Wan doesn't have the upper hand on Anakin slash Vader ever. Yeah. And it's interesting because you see this need to win blinding him to try to prove himself against Obi-Wan. And it almost sets up this thing where you're like, oh, maybe the Revacon will work because he's so distracted by Obi-Wan that Reva is going to come in and be able to kill him, which we know obviously he's not going to because he's alive. But yeah, the fact that he so quickly is like, you think I didn't see this? And yeah. beats her down just shows how unique Obi-Wan is. Yeah. And occupying a space in Anakin slash Vader's brain that literally there's one person, uh, actually there's one person from a dual standpoint, from a strategic standpoint that will always have the upper hand on Vader. And that's Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to say, too, is just I thought thematically that also just worked so well. Uh, I'm going back to, sorry, the the original thing of I killed, I killed Anakin, the yeah. first thing we're talking about. That really worked for me as well, because not only does it completely kind of, you know, satisfy that plot thing you were talking about, where he says he's more machine than man, you know, Vader killed your father, all that stuff. What I do like is it, we asked, how does Obi-Wan become the Obi-Wan we know? How does he go from being this person who's suffering from PTSD to the Obi-Wan we kind of love and expect in A New Hope, right? And after that exchange, he accepts that his friend is dead and he walks away. That is totally that moment. And I think there's, there's, there's a detail there I want to talk about specifically with you. But the thing I want to call out is it also bolsters the specialness of Luke because even though Obi-Wan strategically has the upper hand always and he obviously loves his friend and he is hurt but now has gone to a level of acceptance about his friend being dead, he is not the most special person in this story because there's a little more you need. You need Luke who won't give up on him. Obi-Wan in the end does give up on Vader. He gives up on Anakin. He accepts his friend is dead. Luke never does. And that's why he's able to 
redeem his father. That's why yep. he's able to pull him up. And that's why Luke is so special to this story. And so I thought that all worked so well. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Um, the thing specifically I wanted to ask you about is bringing in some of the outside chatter. There were, there were some people who thought that this moment where Obi-Wan walks away didn't work. They didn't understand why he didn't strike him down. I have a very specific reading about that, but I want to know how that worked for you. Did that bug you? Did you have any feelings about Obi-Wan walking away and maybe even leading into his ultimate uh, connection with Qui-Gon later on and where the story is going to go forward? How did the whole ending of Obi-Wan's story work for you? I mean, I thought it worked well. I think it had he striked him. I mean, first of all, he can't strike him down. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's not. It's just not possible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and if he had like, it's it, so. I think it's almost you can't even argue with it. So the question <laughs> is, how does he leave him? Um, not yeah. does he leave him? It's a how, not an if, and that's just the reality of. <laughs> that's just the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I it works well. I I I mean, it, and it also just feels it also just aligns with his character, right? It just aligns with what we've seen of him, um, in how he left him on the shores and sit and sit. Except this time, it wasn't. He didn't leave him to die, or he didn't leave him out of sadness. This time. He left him with some, maybe just some peace about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels, you know, I, I, as it just the plot, it just makes sense to me. I, I I could understand why people wouldn't like that. I could see that, but I don't know. It, it just, yeah. it works. It works with Obi-Wan. Yeah, character. absolutely. I think the criticism is along the lines of, you know, Vader is a bad person. You now understand that your friend is dead. So why would you have any qualms killing him to save more people? So why even have this, like figure out some other way where maybe they have a draw and they can't, you know, get to each other or something like that. I, it didn't bug me. I understand that criticism. It didn't bug me because of exactly what you were saying. Let's, let's compare and contrast with how he left him at the end of revenge of the Sith. He's emotionally screaming. I loved you. Yeah. You're, you're like, it was sad. That is a moment where he seems, you know, he may be leaving, leaving his friend to burn up and he, he obviously thinks his friend is dead, but he's not going to be the one to do the killing blow. He can't bring himself to do it. And he even says to Yoda, I can't do that. When Yoda says, you need to face him, he says, I can't kill Anakin. He is not strong enough in that way at that point. At the end of this story, He's accepted his friend is dead. I think he is strong enough to literally do it. But if we're talking about, especially look at Reva, from a character development perspective, and he might be wrong about it, maybe he made a wrong choice for the greater good. Maybe he underestimated how much damage Vader will be able to do and how many people Vader will be able to kill. I don't know. But... He can kill his friend now because he thinks his friend is dead. He will be killing Vader. He will be killing this person who's more machine than man and is evil. 
I think he has the strength to do it and he chooses not to. And he has a piece about it. And I think he doesn't walk away out of pity for Anakin. He walks away for himself. He walks away understanding self-sacrifice. He under, he walks away knowing I don't need to get the revenge and I don't need to strike this helpless person down who is sitting there pathetically because, I don't know, it's a Jedi ideal. He, yeah. he makes that choice to walk away knowing that he can be at peace and he has come full circle. Yeah. Maybe that could have been written better. That could have been, you know, a little less sloppy. Maybe he somehow gets with that Luke is in trouble and makes a choice that it's not worth striking down Vader. I just need to get to Luke as fast as possible. There might have been other ways to do it. I will just say from a character development point, it was really important that he's not making that choice for Anakin. He's not making that choice for the universe. He's looking at himself. I have grown and I don't need this revenge. And that goes back to the, you know, a Jedi only strikes out of defense. You know, they only fight out of defense. Maybe killing even a Sith Lord helpless on the ground isn't part of that for, for Obi-Wan. And I, I think that that was good character development for me because he's, he's coming from a place of strength and inner peace instead of a place of fear. Where in, this, in the beginning of this series, he's like, I'm staying out of this. I w- I'm not going to fight because I'm scared. Now he's saying, I'm not going to fight because I'm strong, because yeah. I'm secure. And I like that development quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I even think back to, it reminds me of the moment of, you know, the question, why not strike him down so more, more people can live? You know, we saw, we've seen people struggle with that in Star Wars, <laughs> that very question, the Bonhoeffer conundrum. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, we saw Mace Windu tried to take down Palpatine in the moment and who stopped him Anakin because it wasn't the Jedi way. Yeah. And it was the moment you, it was a moment you saw An- Anakin wrestling with that. And perhaps mm-hmm. that reminder um, and all the reminders of what the Jedi are compound to the end effect of his return to the light. Yeah, exactly. I think bringing up the Mace Windu thing is so great. And that's such a good function comparing it to how Anakin feels. This isn't right. The Jedi aren't executioners, you know? Yeah. How many times have we talked about the folly of the Jedi, their downfall being that they became soldiers? Yeah. I think the thought of, well, you got to kill this guy because he's bad. You got to kill this guy because he hurt you or he hurt your family. Yeah. That is not the Jedi way. That might have been the Jedi way during the prequel, and that's why they fell. But how many Jedi have we seen that really we feel like embody the Jedi spirit, Kanan, you know, Luke, and their way of winning, Obi-Wan in A New Hope, their way of winning is sacrificing themselves, not being a badass warrior that kills everyone. It's coming to peace with them being able to sacrifice and saving others to the detriment of, I don't know, to the detriment of getting that revenge. And I just thought that yep. worked really well for me. It did. Yeah. It worked well for me too. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I thought um, was kind of interesting was the Palpatine moment at the end. You know, in a lot of ways, Star Wars is kind of just everyone trying to untangle daddy issues, you know, Qui-Gon kind of 
being the spiritual daddy to Obi-Wan in this story too, that being tied together with Palpatine again, manipulating him and and it's left unsaid again, show don't tell in a way that I think is cool. The way that Vader so quickly goes, Obi-Wan means nothing to me. Yeah. And it not being said specifically, is he saying that because he's lying because he sees he's manipulated and he's like, all right, I'm just going to tell Palpatine what he wants to hear, and then I'm going to do my own stuff, which he has done a lot, right? That's kind of the Sith way, be sneaky in the background. Or is he saying that because he's been searching for this father figure his entire life, and when Daddy Palpatine kind of scolds him, he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, he, don't be mad at me. He doesn't mean anything. You're the only one who means anything to me. I thought that was a pretty interesting moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't, you don't believe him. You don't, I don't, I don't, you don't buy that. I mean, I don't buy yeah. that. Oh yeah. I don't buy it either way. It obviously means a lot to him, but what is the motivation for him saying that, you know, is it out of subservience or is it out of trickery? I don't know. I think that's an interesting, that was an interesting moment though. I really liked it. Yeah. It's just a Sith thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I really <laughs> just think it's like all, all no one is subservient in the Sith world. Yeah. And I think it's Sith know that. I think that's why there's only ever two. Yeah. Is yeah. because they all kill each other, so there yeah. can only ever be two. And the second the the apprentice is better than the master, it'll flip. But I yeah. think Palpatine is pretty secure in his power, and I think he's also hyper aware of Vader's motivations. Yeah, definitely. And the last question before we wrap this up is: they seem to be leaving it open for a season two. Do you want a season two? No. I don't. I unless unless we get just Obi Wan, you know, because at this point I think Obi Wan is going to go back into the desert in mm-hmm. peace, and he's going to live the Jedi way, and he's going to start. Maybe, who knows? Maybe he'll start trying to help with the Jedi. I'm open to it. I just don't want to see any more Leia, Baby Yoda type characters. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to see any big characters. I I want to see Obi-Wan Space Adventures but no big names. I don't want to see him bump into people. I, I, <laughs> I, I just I, I think that's my gripe is I I want to expand the universe not shrink it. I don't want to see any big names anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be open to it as well. I think seeing his development with Qui-Gon would be nice. And I think also, you know, the, I still want my Obi-Wan Kenobi Chinatown noir detective story. So, you know, if Vader's not involved, I think there's some interesting plot stuff that could happen with Maul and Kira if that story wants to be continued. But other than that, you know, I don't want Luke. I don't want Vader. I don't want any of that stuff. I could see some interesting stuff happening, but you know, I, if it does happen, I really want it to be, a story that should be told, not just revisiting these characters because we like these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Any last thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mike? I might, I might rewatch it. I might rewatch it one day. And, uh, you know, with, with less, with less, uh, expectation, it likely will be better. Yeah. And it's still good. I still like it. Um, it's definitely better than Boba Fett. Not as good as Mandalorian season one. I can I like ranking things it just helps me. Totally. Um just uh 
but uh, I'm just going to remember the things I liked about it, which were yeah. Vader and, and Obi-Wan. So rock on. Yeah, I think I feel the same way pretty much in everything. Like 75% feels good to me in the Rotten Tomatoes scale. I think your ranking, I feel pretty much exactly the same as well. I'm very interested to see what happens with the Ahsoka series. We heard some very interesting, fun things about what they dropped for the Ahsoka trailer at Celebration. So once a trailer comes out, maybe we'll chat about it a little bit. Who yeah. knows? Um, I'm excited for that to see how this develops. But in the meantime, yeah, maybe I'll do a rewatch and binging it kind of back to back might might make things fit into place a little bit better too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting. But that being said, I'm very glad we got some new Star Wars and that we got to talk about it. Then today, you know, all Star Wars is better than no Star Wars. It's true. And so true. I am happy for that. Mike, do you want to tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us on... We're not very... I don't think we're very um, active on social media. You can yeah. always message us on Rebels Rebels Pod um, on Instagram or Twitter. Email is always the best, just at rebelsrebelspod at gmail.com. We keep in contact with a few of you out there, and mm -hmm. we're not doing this as frequently, but you know, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping up with Ahsoka. I don't think there's any way we cannot as Rebels fans. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the future's open. Yeah, I've been a little burnt out on social media, especially Twitter. So if you want to chat with us, we love having conversations. Email, like Mike said, is the best way. And do you want to do the dirty and yeah. get us yeah. out of here? Yeah. Well, just remember, be brave out there. And don't look back. <laughs> Bye. Bye.